Hi, I'm your host, Polina Marchenko. I'm a product manager and a founder of a side project community, where we help professionals find teams and build side projects together. This is Ask a Side Hustler podcast, where we're featuring our community members and guests who are building exciting side projects. They do it to gain additional experience, earn money, or just for fun. Keep listening to learn from them, get inspired, and start your own side project. I'm super, super happy to have Melissa Bush as our very first speaker uh, for several reasons. So first one, most of people say they do not have time for side projects. And Melissa is a busy mom and she has found time for two projects lately. So I think this is a very interesting fact about her and I'm sure we can learn a lot from her. So at this point, I will just say, Melissa, welcome. Super excited to have you. Please introduce yourself and maybe share briefly how that project helped you so far. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Paulina. Um, and sending an even bigger ball of gratitude your way for starting the side project. Um, as Paulina mentioned, I've been a CPG designer and currently making um, the shift to product and UX um, design. But even more importantly, I love museums and art and getting to experience um, things from different perspectives. It's really why I've enjoyed being involved as a designer um, in the first official side project cohort. I would say side project has impacted me in three very fundamental ways. And the first I would say is the power of connection. I've had the absolute pleasure of meeting and getting to know people from different areas and backgrounds and then getting to work on a project and see their talents flourish. Um, and learning from them has been incredible. And the second I would say is the power of experience, getting to flex newly developed skills with others in the industry and from a cross section of teams, and most importantly, the mentorship component in receiving feedback. And the third is the power of flexibility. So this is just like in life, right, in general. <laughs> um, the timeline for a side project, it's a little bit fast, although totally doable. Um, but you do need to scope quickly, um, looking at constraints, reach, and timeline, and really be realistic about what is feasible. Um, and then really being feasible or flexible on tasks, expectations, and output. You have many years of experience in fashion CPG design, and this year you decided to make a shift into product design. So walk us through your decision-making process. Absolutely. So my transformation really began over several years of both small and large interactions. And really, they were three major themes that I saw kind of just kind of bubbling up around me kind of constantly. Um, so simplicity, that is definitely, I would say, like the first thing that really came to mind. Um, I had been following IDEO for years um, and jumped on taking a few of their classes in 2018 which laid out simple ways to take complex user interaction, clearly state their pain points, brainstorm, iterate, and try. So it was really the design thinking methodology, and it's something I'd been using for years, but this was done with such a process that create kind of really meaningful insights and outputs that were easy to understand, relate to, engage with, and really for teams to retain. Um, the second kind of major theme that I was seeing kind of bubbling up around me was data and technology. I had started using Qualtrics and Tableau, which were turning up really interesting data insights. I was also um, an SME on our software platform that we utilize for our technical specifications and documentations, but it was really encumbersome. 
So I started to dive deeper into technology platforms and went to several conferences that had really interesting software with simple and user-friendly interfaces and actions. I also began a discovery phase in learning about Slack, um, Jira, and Trello. Um, so I had take, and also I'd started learning about agile methodology that came up a lot in those conferences that I was attending. Um, I kind of took what I was learning in agile methodology from the research and, and books that I had been reading and initiated a cross-functional team to run its own small team to drive a really complex project. And it had its highs and lows because I obviously didn't have any actual real training in agile, but just had been reading a lot about it. And we, we learned some really great things with that. Um, the other thing I would say is user behavior. While my career spanned um, apparel design, it's really been rooted in functional apparel. So it's really all about how you know, apparel works in different situations. I've worked with world-renowned and Olympic athletes for really over 20 years and built gear for some of the most challenging extreme weather conditions. Um, and then alongside that, with the Agile project that I had um, been working on, I had also initiated a partnership with 3M and we were working with our cognitive scientists, which I was completely fascinated by. I loved learning how the brain worked. Um, and just a few months after that, um, attended the Qualtrics conference and got to see a phenomenal, phenomenal lineup of speakers. So Nir Ayal, who wrote Hooked, Dr. Lovett, who's a super fun psychologist um, and kind of working with teams and, and utilizing dance. So if you can like look at a TEDx of Dr. Lovett, it's super inspiring. Um, so these were kind of the intersections that kind of really brought me um, to kind of looking at doing something new. So it was really just simplicity, data, technology, and user behavior. And so I started meeting with a career coach to really look at where my crossover skills were. And then I really took the leap. So it wasn't a short, like, oh, I'm just going to go do something. It was several years of these things kind of bubbling up. Um, and then, yeah, I took the leap to learn more about interaction and user experience design. That is so cool. I mean, yeah, as you said, it took some time. It's not that happened overnight, right? So yeah. it was also effort and probably like lots and lots of thinking, like, should I, could I, and so on and so forth. So I know that before you have discovered the side project community, you have done the UX bootcamp. So many people actually just directly after UX bootcamp decide to go into job hunt. So why did you decide to go um, and instead invest time into side projects? Absolutely. So having been in an industry for over 20 years and been, in, you know, been a hiring manager for many of those, I know how important experience and exposure is. I knew that I had a really deep foundation in design theory and working with users, but I was new to the tech world. So I really wanted to make sure I was able to practice those new skills I had obtained and really gain others' perspectives on user experience design. Um, having more perspective, I think, is super important to rounding out and building your skill set. Got it. So how, so just walk us through. So some people know side projects, some other know. Uh, so how did you find your first project and um, what are you building? Yeah, so um, I happened to see your post um, with the women in product group that you're kind of looking at doing this. Jan Choi, who has experience in AI and machine learning, was looking to use technology really to help domestic violence victims. Um, as the pandemic and stay-at-home orders took effect, 
I was hearing firsthand from my partner, he happens to work in the community about the rise in domestic violence and the severity of violence that was happening. So I immediately knew I wanted to get involved. So I immediately pinged Jan and said, hey, I'd love to be involved somehow. Um, so we are currently building an AI chatbot that provides swift, confidential access to local resources for current and potential domestic violence victims. Recently, we're one of the top 10 finalists in a design contest through Women in Cloud and the United Nations to address the United Nations sustainability goals for 2030, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's amazing. So for everyone, if you haven't yet considered side project, I mean, how cool is that? So once again, let's come back to kind of like productivity side. I know many people struggle with finding time for side project, even if they want to build one. So how do you manage your time? Like how do you stay productive while working on a side project and uh, all your other activities and responsibilities? Absolutely. So I always laugh. My life is constantly busy and crazy. I'm constantly juggling, juggling a million things. Um, but I'm pretty structured in how I approach things and how I do things. So I really time box myself and I have a weekly to daily list of the things I'm going to get done. Um, and really what's on it for the week and what I put on for that week is what are the criticals? What are the absolute things that have to get done? Um, and then once I'm able to move those off, then I add in the other things that I can add into. Um, but for me, it's really focusing on those criticals. Do you have any um, regular meetings with your group or how do you manage your day-to-day -day projects um, with the team? Yeah. So for each of the projects I, I work on, we have um, weekly meetings um, for the different projects I work on. Um, plus I have all these other things happening in my life. Um, so actually what I use is Trello, to be honest, personally, I have the projects that I'm working on. I have kind of the things that need to get done on the left, the things that um, are, are, have been accomplished on the right. And then literally my Monday through Friday um, in between. And I just move those tasks to the days that I know I can time box myself um, and mark those out. And then as soon as they're done, I mark them to the achieved side of the projects. Um, and that's kind of how I do it. <laughs> The other thing I would say too, one one trick that I feel like that's really worthwhile is overestimate your time for how long you things you think things are going to take, because then if you get the time back, you feel better and you can give yourself that gift of time back, which is great. So yes, I always overestimate how long things are going to take. Awesome. Uh, so we have jumped a little bit already into the tools that you're using. So you have mentioned Trello. What else? Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> Um, I'm a huge fan of Miro and Mural. I've used both depending on um, what the different teams have more experience in. Um, using collaboration tools such as to like once you get like a project kind of going, you have um, you know screens and different things that you're working on that you need to message back and forth with. Envision is always great for that. A Google Drive is always great to throw things in um, and things that people can either interact with when they're on their phone, if they're driving somewhere with somebody else driving, obviously, um, but that they can input information into. Um, the one thing that's interesting with side project is people are trying to fit this in. So you wanna make it as flexible and easy as possible. Got it. So definitely time is a difficult thing, especially if you're working across different time zones. So for you personally, what was the most challenging about working on a side project? Um, I would say, I think it's universally what is most challenging about everything we do. And that's really um, finding alignment. So whether it's like with your partner, your kid, your, your colleagues, um, your family, whatever that is, 
and when I say alignment, I mean real true alignment um, with all parties having the exact same understanding of tasks, scale, direction, timing, expectations. Since everyone is different and has had a different experience in their life, they're gonna come with different perceptions. So making sure that everyone is aligned and really discussing and nuance the detail is incredibly important. Um, and as you mentioned, yes, the other thing I would say is time zones. <laughs> I've run teams in Asia and worked with teams across the world, but side project I would say is unique. You've, you're trying to fit it in and you wanna make it manageable for everyone. So really, how do you find that collaboration and for people to be able to work it in when they can? How were you thinking about just even starting the project? Because when we are, we're preparing for this interview, we have crowdsourced the questions and the question came up which I found very interesting. So should you jump into a side project if you're only a beginner, like at the beginner level of, of skills, or should you wait until you become an expert and really can contribute to the, to the project and so on? Ooh, I love the question of scales. So I love the complexity and dichotomy of kind of the beginner versus expert and skill level question. Um, and having managed a, quite a few teams, it took me a bit of time to learn this, but building a team that is both diverse in perspective, but also experience is incredibly important. Um, beginners ask really interesting questions and they might find a route to something that leads to an aha and a revolutionary moment. Um, there's also to be something said to be about um, creating constraints and having knowledge of what will and won't work. So finding that balance is huge. But I do have to say, I think this side project is really awesome because you do have other teams to bounce ideas off of. You can ask about tools. You can get feedback from these different teams, which is really unique. Um, the other reason I would say I jumped up at signing for the ever, first ever um, side project cohort was the mentorship. Um, with industry experts, we could really bounce ideas off of our mentors, and they were so great at telling us if we were heading in, headed in a direction that wasn't useful and really provide ideas on a better direction with their experience. So you have to suss it out for yourself, but I think there is value in every aspect at every skill level. You're always going to learn something. Definitely. Would you personally work with uh, somebody who's just a beginner? Absolutely. How is it different like to work on a side project versus your day job? Absolutely. Um, completely different. Um, you're either, it's really interesting because on the UX side, I'm still somewhat new at it, but I have a huge depth in design. But you're really learning, um, you're learning different ways to participate and contribute. Um, based off the different people that are around you and the different projects that you're working on and then the different product you decide to build. So, you know, you might have a really big background in SAAS, but new to B2C or B2B or a service design model. So you're always going to learn something new um, and you're going to have people with different perspectives um, and different backgrounds that are gonna bring different viewpoints and how to do things as well. So that is super interesting. And I think the more exposure you get to different things and different people and different processes, the better you're gonna be. Can you talk about times when you failed while working on side projects and what have you learned from it? I love and hate the failure. 
Um, I tend to be a pretty driven um, person myself and I call myself a recovering overachiever. I'm someone who loves to have everything perfect and polished, but at the same time, I love failing. I love it um, because that's where you really get to learn and the lessons stick with you. Um, one of my biggest lessons I will say from this cohort was moving from building personas to an archetype um, that was based on behavior. It took me a while to really wrap my head around it. And my mentor was super great, had amazing patience and really was able to dive deep with me on that. Um, and it's funny because I look back now and that is one of the core reasons. I love behavior. I love learning about behavior. And it's kind of funny that that was something that I was stumbling on, but, and I kind of had to trip over a little bit to really learn more about, but it was really cool. <laughs> awesome. So now personas or uh, archetypes? I'm definitely now on the archetype bandwagon. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Um, so as you mentioned, so Melissa was uh, one of 11 people who we have selected for the founding cohort at Project Accelerator. And I'm curious, how is this Accelerator experience was different from your bootcamp experience? Yeah. Um, so I would say again, like it's with the, with the bootcamp experience, you're learning a lot of foundational information, right? So you're learning a lot of foundational skills in UX, but you're also just working with UX individuals. You aren't working with the different cross-functional teams you might be working with in reality. Um, so this is different. So this is different. You do get to work with those people. The other thing is, is you get to actually utilize the skills that you're learning. And then you're also taking in all the information that you're getting from these people that are bringing those different processes to you. So it's very different. How's it different from building a project on your own? Um, okay, so I haven't ever built a project on my own. No, <laughs> I, mean, I mean also as a part of side project community because you have, you know, you have this comparison between, okay, being a part of Accelerator or being like a part of the team, like yeah. doing it still. Oh yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Yes. So I would say, um, what's really nice about the cohort is we have a really, we have a deadline. We have a really good, like kind of, okay, we're going to do this in this amount of time and you've kind of framed it out. So this is kind of what we're going to accomplish every week. Right. Um, in the other project that I'm working on, it's been a little bit looser and we've had a lot of people coming in and out with different expertise and being able to pitch in at different times, which is great because again, you're getting different perspectives, you're getting different viewpoints. It just takes a bit longer because you constantly have to educate them on the project, what's happening, what you've done, the user research that you've done before. You don't have the same group going through all the way through. You have some individuals that I would say there's like five key individuals that have been on the project all the way through. Um, but with the cohort, you, you are there from the beginning. It's the same people going through until we've gotten to this new kind of developer phase. So very, just different, just different ways of doing things, different, there isn't a, you know, a fast timeline um, and, you know, really hard stop expectations. I think probably people are also interesting, interested, what are building? So the first project we understood, what is about the second project? Yeah, so the second project, we are building a, um, basically, a, uh, it was kind of, I would say a B2B, B2C um, um, service design project. So really about helping 
um, work, remote working moms kind of really manage all the stuff that they're doing. Um, it was interesting because I definitely was a little close to this, being a working mom myself and working remotely. And so was my partner, Alice, um, on the PM side. Um, so it was great. It was great to really dive into this. We know how impactful this is. We have a lot of colleagues and friends who are working moms who are getting up at 3 a.m. to really do their day job until 8 a.m., helping their kids homeschool and learn, you know, taking care of laundry and dishes and doing all these things and then getting back online after they put the kids to bed to, you know, finish up things or work on a side project or do other things. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty involved. It's pretty taxing. So how can we help them and kind of really get some of the things off of their plate? So that's kind of what we're looking at is doing a service design that helps working moms. And then we've also learned, which was a huge pivot point um, on our project, is that we can really help out providers too that can help um, remote working moms. We can help people kind of build a business around helping a working mom, build a relationship with a family to help them with a lot of different things and tasks that need to get done within a family. Can you give us your do's and don'ts while working on a side project? Yes, um, I think these are kind of classic for life in general, right? <laughs> Um, but do be open and be a sponge. You get the amazing opportunity to learn from others, especially in disciplines um, that are different than yours, you know, coming from a product manager role or an engineering, um, as well as the mentorship. The other thing I would say is do know yourself. Um, I have learned over the years I need um, to kind of sleep on things so I can process so I'm able to ask better questions, um, which leads to my third do is ask questions. If you don't understand, ask or take time to research a bit and then ask a question. Again, I'll say this again, alignment is key um, to really having a successful team. So making sure that you understand and have clarity is hugely important. My don'ts, um, I would say don't assume everyone thinks like you think, they don't. <laughs> um, and the other is don't take criticism personally. Um, I was lucky to learn this really early in my career. Um, design and aesthetics are emotional. As humans, we make three second decisions on if we like a person, if we'll do business with them, if we're attracted to someone. We assume their socioeconomic status. We assume their intelligence. Um, really telling the story and the why of your designs is critical, but then stand back and let them process, let yourself process to all the viewpoints that are happening. And then kind of suss it out. If you need to be really advocate about your design, great. If you wanna try something else, but then you go back to your original, great. But don't take the criticism personally. What would you recommend everyone who doesn't have a side project yet? Oh my gosh, um, definitely do it. Be And being able to participate in a side project is invaluable. You're gonna grow and expand. Gaining experience and feedback will make you a strong, stronger as the team player and basically in your skill set, whatever discipline you are in. So what is next for you? What's next for me? Um, I am literally, actually, probably this next year, I'll really start to look for an actual full-time position. Um, probably starting, yeah, in this next year. Um, I'm just, I'm having so much fun exploring and learning um, and really taking in what I'm learning and being able to practice it. Um, so I would say that's kind of what I'm focused on till the end of the year um, and not really kind of looking to kind of really get too into anything until next year. I think we have extra questions from the community now. 
Uh, how did you assemble the initial team of five for the project in the community? So for the first um, side project that we did, I didn't lead that. Um, Jan Choi um, pitched it and she has led the team. I would say people have kind of come in and out and um, we have had five people kind of just stay on that team who have been kind of committed to it. Got it. Yeah, sometimes you cannot control it. Sometimes just, you know, many, much more people want to join in the beginning. This is, this is what I usually see. And then just a few people will stick around if it is the mutual fit. So initially there is like much uh, stronger interest to the project. Um, so did you find the working solution to get people on video calls to discuss the project? <laughs> um, with a lot of different time zones, it's hard, um, but it is doable. Um, so we just, we try, you just try to make it work. Um, I would say we definitely meet absolutely once a week. Um, in video in person um, and we don't do um, stand-ups or anything like that but we do kind of I would say all of us check on on slack constantly or not constantly I check slack constantly but um, I would say most everybody checks it daily um, in order to be able to make sure we're not missing anything and making sure we're keeping up on what we're supposed to be doing how did you decide what project are you going to work on um, so for the first project, the domestic violence thing, I mentioned my partner um, is heavily involved with the community. So I was hearing from him a lot of things that were happening in the domestic violence space. So I, I knew how critical it was. Um, so that was that was near and dear to my heart. So I definitely won't jump on that. Um, the uh, remote working moms that actually stemmed from a original framework was to help with mental health. Um, so Alice and I, in working on a lot of brainstorming with our mentors, kind of really looked at what our time was, what our constraints for, were, and what our reach was, and also what our impact would be. And we knew, both of us knew that working moms were heavily affected right now. So that's kind of what we chose to go down that route. Got it. So we have another question from Prachi. How big was the team? How many of them were experienced? Did you experience launching the product? I guess the first two questions probably in relation to the side project, uh, Accelerator. Yep. Um, so basically the side project Accelerator was just myself. So I was a designer and I had a product manager and then we had mentors. We had a project manager mentor and a design mentor. So really the four of us met once a week um, and then we would just bounce things off of the mentors, um, then completing the work um, as we went and kind of as the expectation rolled out for those weeks on this side project. Um, and then we haven't experienced launching this product yet, but we're working on it. Got it, so your team also grew a little bit. Yes, we grew this last couple of weeks. Yeah. So cool. Thank you so much. Uh, how did you find success in the project? So this is a good one. Yes. So um, we were looking at the metrics um, for the actual overall project in, um, I think our key metrics were uh, retention. So how many people are coming back to use the service that we're building? Um, um, how many people actually sign up for the project or for the product, the service that we're looking at? Um, and then um, how then how we grow it. So those were kind of the three biggest factors that we're currently looking at um, right now. Got it. I think probably this question also meant a little bit from your personal perspective as well. 
like what would be for you like a successful experience working on the side project versus less successful? Yeah, I think it's all about, I always go with the old adage, you put, you, you get out what you put in, right? So success for me was knowing I'm utilizing my skills, I'm getting feedback on those skills I'm utilizing, um, and that, that I'm able to actually perform um, the tasks that we need to and, and able to kind of be flexible with um, the expectations every week and make sure that we're completing what we need to complete and we're doing it well. Um, and getting mentor feedback on that has been really helpful. Mm -hmm. Are you looking for someone to join your project or projects now? <laughs> Um, I think we've got, um, right now, we're kind of in a good spot on our side project cohort um, for the next few weeks, but once maybe that kind of, we evolve a little bit further, we could definitely probably use some more help at that point, and we'll have to frame that out and kind of create a roadmap for that. On the um, first project that I was doing, I feel like um, we've got kind of most of the team kind of fleshed out, um, but that's a great um great question and you we could connect after and I could connect you to the woman who's leading that. Cool. Um, so did you miss the timeline? How did you bring up to the speed? So if you have missed the timeline, how do you come up to speed again? Yeah, um, I would say we stayed really on track with the side project um, portion um, and that cohort. I think Paulina had laid it out really well um, the expectations for every week. Um, I would say um, Alice and I were really good at connecting. I think that's a big thing is, is finding that those people that you can work with and that team that you can work with, that you guys are connecting and that you guys are talking and that um, you've kind of start to really have built that relationship really quickly in the first couple weeks uh, to do that. Um, and then if somebody is sick, if somebody does um, have something that comes up that, you're, that you jump in for them, right? Um, and that's something that you would do normally if you're like in an office as well right? You're going to make sure that, you know, you're picking up the slack for somebody that, you know, to run and do something else, which is, you know, great. That's part of teamwork. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you have any engineers? We just got engineers. <laughs> we need more. <laughs> we could use more always. Um, yes, we did just get um, engineers the last couple of weeks. So we're working that out. Um, and yeah, that's what we're doing. I know Rebecca is a part of a different team. Rebecca, you feel underutilized. So if you have time for a second project, I'm sure Melissa <laughs> would say yes. <laughs> um, do you have socials to build trust with the group? We didn't really have time for socials, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, well, we, I mean, we worked like weekly to kind of check in with each other, talk with things, kind of get to know each other a bit. Um, and we would always like tell each other where we were at in projects, things like that. I think it's up to you to reach out. Like you're gonna, again, you're gonna get out what you put in. Um, so I would definitely ping other designers on other teams to know, to ask questions, to get feedback, what tools you're using, things like that. Um, we've actually, as a design team, have kind of created our own little channel to, hey, this is what's happening. What are you guys seeing? How are you guys working with this sort of issue? Um, so, you know, reaching out, asking questions, getting feedback, however you can to whoever you can. I think you've got to, you got to try, right? Definitely. And, okay, cool. Can we mention such project experience on our resume? 
Absolutely. Are you kidding me? So um, definitely some of the different people that I know and some of the different hiring managers that I'm either friends with or I've talked to or even in our mentor group. Um, actually, I was just having dinner with somebody who heads up a UX team the other day who's a friend. Um, and absolutely, these are the fun projects that they want to know about, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're excited about. And you're doing something to broaden and learn your skills on the side. That shows drive. It shows passion. It shows that you are in it. So absolutely. And I would say that from my hiring background as well, um, I would always look for individuals who had passion and who were doing other things outside of their normal work kind of responsibilities. Definitely. I can totally echo this. So many hiring managers just say it is critical that you have that project. So I just put it somewhere like very, very high on your resume, because this is the second question to you, Melissa, what section would you put it? Uh, would you put your side project on your resume and link it in profile? I've been having this discussion with several people, actually. Nice. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I, I actually put kind of a couple of different accomplishments at the top of my resume. And some of, some of the things that I've accomplished within the side projects have been in that. Um, so I would say I kind of put some bullet points at the top. I do put it as more of a passion project on, the, on kind of like the side of my resume um but i have had a couple people who say to put that in your experience but i'm not quite sure yet so but i definitely have the bullet points at the very top of what we've accomplished yeah and i think once again this is the very right thing to do and especially i mean from my perspective so i was also hiring manager at some point uh, before i quit my job but um i think in the phase when you're working on your prototype it is definitely something like a passion project and definitely where Melissa to put it, it is the right way to do. But when you have reached the point when you're launching something, and I hope Melissa will reach this point with her teams too, then you can put it definitely in your like working experience and so on and so forth. Because it's definitely like it's a huge jump and a huge benefit for your uh, resume at this point. So it's even like, it's great to have a project for your portfolio, but it's even better if it is a shipped product. So that's why this is kind of like a piece of advice for me as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so can you share something in value with our participants, something like a list of tools or maybe resources that helped you or a book? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I, I'm like a big giant sponge and I love learning. So I have tons of things that I love. Um, if you're learning a new software tool, Principle and Vision Miro, they have tutorials obviously on their website, but I would say based on your learning style, go to YouTube. To be honest, there's so many different classes and things like that that people provide on there for free. Know how, know how you like to learn and find somebody that speaks your language in learning with using that tool and it will just propel you way farther. I can tell you I was able to learn Principle really, really fast because of that. Um, some of my favorite podcasts, um, again, I, I mentioned different perspectives, really um, understanding different perspectives and being open to them is huge. So some podcasts, Radiolab, it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, so is Design Matters. I think that one was launched like way back in like 2005 or 2006. 99% um, Invisible is obviously a really good one. I love 
revisionist history where you're really learning at history from a totally new perspective um, from Malcolm Gladwell, even though I know he's a little controversial right now. Um, and then Clever is also a new one that I recently have gotten into, I, even though I know it's been around for a while. Um, and there is one book that I would suggest for everybody, especially in working with teams. Um, Fred Kaufman wrote Conscious Business, and it's all about really understanding people's different perspectives and what they're interpreting um, from what you guys are saying. You guys can be talking about the exact same thing, but your perception of that same thing that in that data point that you might be talking about could be totally different. Um, so yeah, that's totally like more of a team kind of businessy type book, but it's really interesting. I think I read this quote somewhere that 50% of success is just to start something. So this first step is the most difficult one. So I'm sure like for those who haven't done the project yet, you might be hesitating for a reason. I am very grateful for having you today. It was amazing. Very um, proud of your successes and looking forward to see your products launch and you're getting a really cool job very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ask a Side Hustler. We have many exciting guests coming to us in the next weeks, so stay tuned, join the conversation on our side project community Slack channel, stay safe, until next time.